0: broadcasting live this is kma talk radio life liberty and the pursuit of fine cigars with your hosts honest abe and adam k the brewmeister listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kmatalkradio.com i like to smoke
1: them like
2: the Winchester, like drunk k
1: My big
3: cigar, my cigar. Ladies and gentlemen, loyal listeners, libertarians, lovers of the leaf, everyone out there in Radio Land, welcome back to, well, the second attempt of KMA Talk Radio to try and get it right on this lovely Memorial Day weekend. I am Adam K., the Brewmeister. Thank you once again for joining us on the Wash Your Hands and Don't Touch Your Face edition of KMA Talk Radio. We hope you're all out there being safe and enjoying yourselves and social distancing, well, from people that look a little grimy. And with me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Honest Abe.
0: Good morning, everyone.
3: Hello, hello, hello. And, of course, Paul, the producer.
1: Oh, man. I'm never I, – I take the advice of our of our tech expert because, you know, he knows better than I do. And he said, always install the updates for this system. And apparently, when we installed the updates, you have to like reinstall an audio driver for this this system. So I'm just gonna leave it alone from now on. I don't care about updates, and uh, then I won't get yelled at anymore.
0: I, I don't know why you're always messing up, dude. I, I
1: don't know listen, why you don't. I don't know why you don't plan ahead
3: I, and look I, for updates. Listen,
1: I do. I and I have. I, I like. I, I literally did do that. And for some reason it didn't work. One time, I don't know. Listen, I have no, I have no defense. Paul, oh, you have, you have one job,
3: Paul. One job, produce the show and get us on Ecamp, and you can't do that. Don't give away our
1: secrets and tell us what, uh, what service we use.
0: No comment. Oh, and of course now Adam goes away. So Paul. Are you yeah. are you still mostly at home, lockdown?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, I mean, we've gone like to parks. We started going in our pool here, um, but uh, work wise, I'm still at home, working every single day from home. Mm-hmm. It uh, it's really wearing on us. I mean, we we have this is actually a huge bone of contention in my house right now because we have the baby's christening at the end of June, but it's up on Long Island, where all my family is and where my uncle, who's a priest, is. And um, we sent invites to everyone saying, listen, we're planning on having it right now. You know, if things change, if things don't change or things get worse, we're not going to have it. So we'll just let everybody know. It's only like 40 people um, that we're inviting. And my sister is a transplant recipient. So she's super high risk. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we thought about it, but I guess we didn't really think about it. And now my brother has been all over me all day today. He's like, there's no way she's going. And I'm like, well, she'll wear a mask. She'll wear a face shield like she's done when she's gone out, wear rubber gloves. We go to the christening, and he's like, it's not going to happen. She's not going back to work until at least September, if that. Jesus. Wow. Uh, up on Long Island, it's still not better. Suffolk County especially is um, is still being hit pretty hard, I guess. So uh, where things are opening here, they're they're planning on reopening things, I think, next week. But uh, June, maybe June 1st, whenever that is but uh, apparently it's still a, a major cause for concern up there but at some point we have to live our lives right but my sister is the godmother so it would be hard to do it without her there or with her Skyped or something like that so we, we're gonna have to take that into consideration so it's just it's just stuff you never thought about before you know
0: what, what about your day-to-day living here like I mean I, you guys it, going out for meals or you you know we, we went for lunch yesterday I went Yeah. Oh, Yeah, me and my operations guy, we went to a faux place we love right around the corner here. Yeah, I know. We 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 sat down, we had lunch. You know, I mean, are you you guys still avoiding all that?
1: We haven't gone out. You know, we have a newborn. So even though they say it doesn't really affect kids, there's still news now that it could and this and that. The doctor said, just like with any baby, you should limit exposure to them, you know, for the first four to six months. You know, obviously... It's a little bit different now because we're really limiting his exposure. We have gone to a friend's house that has a new baby as well, and we had dinner with them, um, maskless. So we we did that. Oh. Um, certain, I'd like certain, to think you were going maskless if you were having dinner. Yeah,
3: <laughs> it's kind of hard to have dinner with a mask on.
1: Yeah, we we did we did do that, but we. Um, you know, not really, Abe. I, we've gotten takeout a couple times, but then it's the whole procedure still. I don't know if you're still, you know, take everything out, put it nah. on. You're not doing any of that?
0: I mean, look, we're we're wiping stuff down from the grocery stores or packages, basically. But, like, I'm not putting stuff in the oven like I was when I first.
1: See, I you never know? did that. I just take it out of that container, put it on a regular glass. Well, because I'm diligent. Everything.
0: If you're going to do it, you do it, right? I mean, stuff comes in. There's no better way to disinfect it than to bake it for 30 minutes at 150 degrees, you know, but I mean, um, my, my whole outlook on it's just changed at this point. I mean, we had
1: sushi the other night for the first time since this whole thing.
0: Why? Because you weren't getting food delivery? No,
1: it's, it's because I was thinking that, you know, at least the other foods cooked. Mm. Sushi, I was still a little iffy on, you know, because it's, it's raw, obviously, or at least what I eat is raw, not necessarily what my wife eats, but. So I was a little nervous about that. I, I, with the other food, you can justify it that it's been cooked, and they usually don't touch it after it's cooked, you know?
0: Are, are you afraid for yourself at this point?
1: No, not at all. I, I If I get it, I get it. I, I know I'll be fine, and if I'm not, I'm not. I'm, I'm more concerned for the new baby. The The pediatrician said, she's like, there's statistics that say they do well with it. There's There's some news that says they don't do well with it, but she said... You know, you should be extra cautious with a with a seven-year-old.
0: Well, I'm to the point where I just don't think any statistics really hold much merit, right, or any data. Just but that's totally, scary,
1: then, because if they're telling it you it's time with kids.
0: I, I just come to the point where I'm just not going to live my life in fear. I'm going to be. going to try to live smart, right? There's a way I get to the point where living smart is better than living in fear. So I agree. It, we take cautions. We take precautions. You know, my wife started going back to her Pilates class. Okay. You know, I, I went to my – I go to a stretch zone and uh, I did it right right before the great smoke and I love it. I swear. I swear by stretching. So um, what is stretch zone? Stretch zone is awesome. And in fact, I may never get a massage again. Right. What? Yeah. it's Basically they stretch you out in, in, you know, ways you can't, you know, you, you, you can't physically stretch yourself in certain areas. Right. So you sit at a table and you have a 30 minute or a 60 minute session and they, they stretch you out. And you know, uh, I did it this year because I heard a lot about it before the Great Smoke because I have sciatica. So every year during the Great Smoke, like two hours in the event, and you know my thigh is like on fire. I remember you know, from years past, yeah. I didn't have a problem this year. I swear huh. by it. I think stretching is, is Dude, the key to longevity. Listen, when we get
1: off the air, send me that information. You know I have a pinched nerve for the last two months, well, and I've been too me, nervous to go to the doctor.
0: They had a buy a big, big promo for stretch. But they had to buy one, get one free uh, yesterday and the day before. So call them up. And see, if they'll give it to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, um, but yeah. So I've been go- this quarantine killed me. Everything stiffened up. Yeah. Right. And, and I, I lost all that hard work, even though I did try to do some at home. It's just not the same. I mean, they strap you down on a table and tie you in. so your body Did they turn the- you upside down to do that? No, 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 no. Like- lying flat like on a table. Because I've been doing
1: pull-ups because I feel like that helps, and then hanging a little bit after the pull-ups, like once I—I I mean, I do five. But <laughs> I was about to say, how many pull-ups can you actually?
0: Eight, do? Eight,
1: five more than me. Five. I do five curl pull-ups and and four like uh, I don't know what this is called yeah, like this, way. but just what I used to do in high school because I found my old, you know, thing that goes on the door hang. So during the day, instead of like getting pissed off. When I, when I have to get away from the computer or have to get away from the kids, I go in this room, I, I do a couple pull-ups, and then I'm, I feel better. So I've been trying to do stuff like that to, to help mentally as so well
0: as physically. The reason why I bought Stretch Zone is it's just nice to see society getting back, right? I yeah. Mean, look, it's a different way. My wife's classes, they have less machines, and the women are more spread out. Um, even at Stretch Zone, they took, they've taken, like, two of the stations out, so the the remaining ones are, are further apart and now they have allotted a fifteen minute interval in between every appointment so they can completely disinfect and wipe down the station. Because it just at some point you gotta get back to living. That's mm-hmm. what right? that's my I argument. Think. Yeah, that's why yeah, we want to do the Christian still. You gotta get back to living. You just can't be stupid. And you know, we, we talked about this a little bit last week. I just don't know why the world is just so like people can't die. People are dying every day.
4: Yeah. For
0: multitudes of reasons, right? And I ain't saying we gotta be stupid, but gotta go out and start living, you know, focus okay. in certain areas, but this whole country shut down across the board everywhere. Uh, now looking back and look, I'm not complaining. Cause I don't believe you can play Monday morning quarterback. Mm. Right. I was victim of it myself. I didn't know, do I open the stores? Do I close the stores, you know, Tanya and I actually had conversations about this before we were shut down and, 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 and debating about it. So I mean, you can't just play Monday morning quarterback. You know, you made your call, you live with it, and then you move forward and you adjust. So right. that's the point where I'm at with the whole thing.
3: Well, here's an interesting question I came up with this week about the whole thing is, is this the end of children's summer sleepaway camps? Um, for no, this they summer, just
0: reopened them. I mean, well, for this, I, we, well, my friend said their kids aren't going this year. So for right. this summer, I think it's going to be yeah, uh, you know, they may open. I don't know if people are going to be sending their kids out there. Um, right. But, and know, if look, they the miss an entire summer, how do they recover, is my question.
3: Because, like, the, the entire idea of, like, the whole meatballs, you know, the film, that whole summer, Paul's familiar with this because he's from New York, and that's a big New York thing where people send their
0: kids. such an odd concern for someone with no kids and friends. It's no, no, also, it's just, it's it's also not necessarily
1: odd... a New York thing. And in, 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 on Long Island... It's more of like a heritage thing. A lot of a lot of Jewish people, it's like yeah. part of their kids' upbringing.
0: I get it, but that's totally not anywhere in Adam's universe. I'm no, I don't know why how, it how is. That, <laughs> how that came out of him. It's I mean, weird. I you to have this conversation, Paul, but it's, Adam it, is not. It odd. was
3: a random thought I had about stuff that's not going to be able to recover. Wow. That was one of the things I was so that, thinking to about.
0: To your before. mind, interesting.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was watching a random movie, and I was like, wait, are camps no longer going to be a thing? <laughs> Can they recover from all of this Well, I
1: don't know because Interesting Stephanie, thought. Stephanie said that um, that Axel's swim class is now starting next week. They're limiting the number of kids in a class to five, I think. There's only the instructor will be wearing a face shield the whole time. They added they added new UV filtration as well as chlorine. And they're they acid washed the entire place. They got rid of all the changing rooms, so you have to bring your kid in their suit and bring them out in their suit. So I, we're comfortable with him going back it's, at, at this point. I mean, he's, he needs it because it's, it's, it's activity that he needs. He needs that social activity. We'll just be careful about it. And, and doctors are saying that pools are okay. That's why pools in Florida here, at least, are, or local you know, community pools are opening. So, uh, Did you I, open community pool? All of our community pools are open now. One of them was I- open a week ago. And now all four of them are open because there's a little one at the end of our block that nobody goes to that we always go to. Our
0: community had a big problem because I, I, in order to use it, the bathrooms like have to be sanitized on a schedule and it ended up being a big problem. But they just they just passed it now where they're going to do it Friday, Saturday and Sundays, which we don't I care about. I didn't think of that. Whole, we don't care. Yeah, there's certain things for liability reasons, right? There's certain things that you have to kind of maintain so I people in your own residence that. don't yeah. sue you, right? So, the board's been very hesitant about opening them up. And we have our own pool, so we don't, really, yeah. don't care about the pool. But my daughters take tennis lessons and we use the tennis courts. And the tennis courts are closed with the pools, which I find amazing because it's definitely not a contact sport, right? Yeah. So, um, they just opened up Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, starting this coming Friday after Memorial Day, the kids are going to have lessons on Fridays and Saturdays at least.
1: Yeah, I mean, that kind of hey, stuff hey, I think yeah. we're going to do. We, like, we, Stephanie and I arranged for Kona Ice to come to our community to, to like tomorrow at like four o'clock to like, you know, give out some ices to people. And then, and then eventually, um, hopefully people will show up and social distance and that kind of thing. But even the HOA president was like, I don't know if we should do this. And I'm like, I, that we, we can't live without this kind of stuff anymore. Like we live in a community like this because we used to do stuff like this, you know, every other weekend there was something going on here at the clubhouse for the whole, you know, all the families and whatnot. This will be outside. It'll be safe. So, are you wearing a mask when you go out, Adam? Because I, I assume that Abe is still. But I. Uh,
0: I don't it depends know. where I go. I didn't wear a mask when I had lunch. But if I go into a place of business that requires me to make a wear a mask, I put one on. I don't make a. You know, obviously you, you're bringing this up because of my post the other day. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah. it's just one of these things. Look, society, and I don't want to get in depth because we've got a great guest, and I want to get into it. You know, get her on. Yeah. But. Society has just become uncivil, man. They just, nobody really just cares anymore. And then it's the sanctimonious positioning of like, look, I don't agree with that. And it's like the end of the world. I mean, if, like you know, Terrence Riley made the comment, well, if they want me to wear a mask, I'm just not going to frequent that business and go somewhere else. So I'm going to be honest with you. My time is more valuable than for me to get in my car and stop shopping around for who's going to let me walk in with a mask. <laughs> I put the mask on, I go in, I get what I need, I get out and I go home, I take the mask off as soon as I get in the car. I mean, is it really, have we become a world where you just can't accommodate anything anymore? Like something simple, like, okay, look, I don't believe in it. I don't think the mask is protecting me for anything. But you want to know what? If that place of business makes them feel better or makes their employees feel better or they feel it makes their other customers feel better, I can accommodate that for five right. or ten minutes. I'm in the store, and I'm seeing all the. I, and what, what, what drove that is because I've been seeing a lot of these posts lately, and one ended up being from somebody I know, one of our like customers and friends for a long time. Big scene and outside, and says, "I I just canceled my membership after 25 years because they're making me wear mask." Which, oh uh, boy, yeah, just it's just getting to the point where, man, it, you know.
1: Why don't People they just, want to wear a mask, though? Like, is it's a selfish thing? Like, I don't care, so I'm not. Most of
0: it, most of the arguments I've seen, is like a civil liberties thing. They can't tell me what to do. They can't force me what to do. I mean, you know, like you, you think it was something major, man. Just put the mask on. Well, take that the same example and go down. ahead and,
1: and yell bomb on an airplane and see what happens to you. It's just that's that's a ridiculous. It's for it's for safety reasons. It's not it's not. Quieting you or or shutting shutting up your opinion. I don't know. When we go to the grocery store, we wear masks still. I, I, yeah. f- I maybe it, mm-hmm. maybe
0: it makes us feel a little bit safer. But
1: I understand you know the way I understand it, it really doesn't do much for us. Oh, it's really it's totally more for not, other people.
0: It's totally not for my safety whatsoever when I put it on. Yeah, not, yeah. not even a slight. No, it, yeah. it's, it's just for the the greater yeah. good. Is basically therefore. Let me end this conversation here because yeah. we've already spent about twenty some minutes, and yeah, one yeah. of my friends and amazing people we got on the show we 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 had her scheduled right before the shutdown right she was going to come on then uh clear channel basically closed her doors to any outside um people to come in and do their shows and work so we got kicked out of the studio then we tried to reschedule it in one of our stores a couple weeks later then the stores closed but finally (laughs) let's introduce this guest because i've been waiting for this now for over a month Adam. Tanya Borshowitz, uh
3: Vice President of Corona Cigars, is our guest today. Uh, Tanya, thank you for joining us and being here live from the Sand Lake store uh, with, the, of course, the lovely backdrop behind you. I love the backdrop. <laughs> of phenomenal. course you do. <laughs> and of course, uh, if any of our listeners don't know, they should wish you a happy birthday because yesterday was your birthday. But Tanya, yes, thank indeed. you for
0: being here.
4: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. You're very, very brave.
0: Oh, you're very brave. No, we're not brave. we're not brave. And by the way, I do have to say, and I'm, I'm gonna say it because I know you publicly put it out there, so it's no secret. Amazing for 50, my dear. Looks stunning. 51. No, it's. Oh yeah,
4: 50 was last year. 50 was last year. Oh my God! Wow. Wow. I never would have guessed that. Smoking cigars, keep drinking whiskey, and you could look as good as me. Wow.
3: (laughs) You know what? It, yes, a lady after my own heart. Yes, cigars, whiskey, that's all you need. All right, I'm
0: relax. Dab, <laughs> are you smoking a Davidoff uh, FSG? I
4: am smoking a Davidoff uh, Samper Edition. Uh,
0: so it has uh, FSG uh,
4: inside it. Got it. That's half
0: FSG. I don't know but uh, I can, uh, but Yeah, I got my FSG this morning.
4: This oh. is real mild. I like mild cigars, and this one's real mild.
0: So, Tanya. I want to. I, there's a lot of people who are, are are big fans of Corona Cigar Company and everything you guys do and FSG, but there's a lot of people who who aren't that familiar with it, and, and more so aren't that familiar with you. And um, you know, I want to I want to kind of walk them a little bit through the life of uh, Tanya Borschwitz. You know, what, what was your maiden name back then? Baker. Yeah. So Tanya Baker. So obviously, I can hear the staunch Southern accent that you have. So. Um, <laughs> I, I know that you're from Scotland. You were, you were born in Scotland. And, how, you know, how was life growing up in Scotland? And how did you end up here in the States?
4: Life growing up in Scotland was, I guess, the, the, the earlier half was pretty rough. And then the later half was okay. And I moved here when I was 30. Oh, okay. So, I mean, life in Scotland, Scotland's beautiful. They don't have really good weather. You know, and then, you know, they tend to do things... A lot sooner. So at 16 you can get married in Scotland. So a lot of my friends were getting married, having babies, things like that. At 16? At 16, yeah. And I was working and traveling. And so by the time I stopped like traveling and kind of shook my head, they were already like mothers and things like that. And I was still single. So I was like an old maid at 26. You know, everybody else was already married and, you know, only other people available were either divorced or
0: psychopaths.
4: And so, you know, I was kind of like thinking, okay, where's my children? Where's my husband? And then I came to Orlando um, to visit a good friend of mine, Jeanette, and I realized here everybody does things kind of slower. Right. You know, I came here and I still felt young again. And so that's when I decided I'm emigrating and I'm moving. And I moved here. My father is American, so okay. it was a bit easier.
0: So so, so, so you actually just came here on a, on a trip and then decided to move?
4: Well, yeah, I have. Um, my aunt used to stay. Well, she stayed in Vallejo, California. And so I stayed there for a while when I was younger. Um, I went to stay with her for a, a few months. So I kind of had a, an idea of what life in the U.S. was like. Versus life in right. Scotland, uh-huh. you know. I mean, Scotland's beautiful, but you definitely have to work a lot harder to get what you want and what yeah, you yeah, do yeah. here in the United States.
0: I mean, there's definitely less opportunity in other parts of the world. So, yeah, sometimes yes. it's a lot harder. Did, did you um do you go back and visit?
4: All the time, yeah. The that's time, where yeah. all my lovely whiskey comes from.
0: <laughs>
4: well, I go back about, you know, two, three times a year, you know, and, and Jeff and the boys will go back quite a bit. I still have family there. I've All got right. two brothers, a sister, and a whole bunch of great friends there as well. Good for you. So I go back a lot. So, yeah.
3: do you have a favorite Scotch or just a favorite whiskey in general?
4: I to like Petey Whiskies. So I like oh. Whiskies yeah, from like Eiley, mm-hmm. like, you know, anything Petey.
3: Oh, so we're going like the Freud Lafroig is
4: my favorite. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I don't want people get mad at me. Adam, but would Lathroig you like to is say- my
0: would you like to segue from Tanya's biography into liquor right now? or? Well, she brought I'm up whiskey just curious she was talking about it. Yeah, exactly my biography.
4: That was it. I, I moved here. I immigrated in the year
0: 2000.
4: Mm-hmm. And I met Jeff in 2001. Were you into and cigars already? Have you, have you already had a cigar experience prior to meeting Jeff? Uh, prior to meeting Jeff, I'd had, had cigars. But, you know, in my city of Glasgow, where I come from, mm. um, I only remember there ever been one cigar store. in the the city center, you know, and we don't really have the opportunity to smoke a lot of cigars. Most people smoke cigarettes, and at best maybe like a Hamlet. I really didn't know anybody. I knew one friend who smoked premium cigars, you know. um, But other than that, it wasn't really, I wasn't around a lot of people who smoked cigars.
0: So, So, you you know, you met Jeff early on in his career, and obviously, you know, you were raising the family. At what point did you? What's the first cigar experience you remember hmm. that you can recall that you know you recall?
4: As well, a, the first course. cigar experience was with my friend Rajah, who smoked cigars in Glasgow, and okay. in, I'd go to his office and he had cigars and I'd smoke a cigar there. So I'd smoke cigars prior to coming. Right, it just. And he mostly would have like Cuban cigars, and um, and then when I came, <clears throat> I didn't even realize the cigar shop that Jeff had. It was right next door to my friend's restaurant. And then and I used to walk past it and I never knew because it was like dark windows. And so then I was quite excited to hear that there was a cigar shop there. And I've always been in um, retail since I was 14 years old. I've been working in shops, various shops. And so when I met Jeff, it was perfect because Jeff was, you know, talking about he'd always wanted to do this catalog company. And he initially opened his first store as a storage place to give him somewhere to send his cigars from and then he had like a little casino register in there and then my background being retail then both of us got together and you know it became what it is and so primarily I still take to do with you know the everyday running of the shops and now the warehouse and stuff like that he's kind of moved on to being a, His ranch. Yeah. He tobacco, being a farmer. He loves it. He loves it farmer, yeah.
0: Uh,
4: riding a tractor. So he's like kinda like great, you know. I mean he still takes to do with it, of course, you know. He's um does a lot, but he definitely seems to prefer riding a tractor to sitting in a chair all day.
0: Uh, he yeah. loves being out there. I call him all the time and he's like he's 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 out there a lot. Now were, were, were you like into getting involved in the business early on? Because, you know, you have two boys, so you were raising children, whatever. Or did there just become a point where you really started to move, you know, migrate towards getting more involved in the business? Or was that just always from the onset?
4: Uh, from, from day one, I was involved. As soon as I met Jeff, you know, um, he quickly, you know, had me doing stuff for his shop and then the upcoming shop, which is the one now. And so even before this was made, I was in here and helped design a lot of stuff and placement and stuff like that. So I was in it before I had the children, and I've never stopped. You know, I, I literally went into labor while working twice. <laughs> Wow, and really? That's awesome. I, was, I was laughing at uh, Paul saying, you know, he's protecting his child and he's not going out for seven weeks and all that. My son, Boris, was at a cigar party at 10 days old. <laughs> you know, uh, with Marvin in Miami. Um, I took him there 10 days old and he had him with me. I had to work and I had to take my kid. You know, then at three months old, he was at like Rocky Patel's Spotty a 50 party. There's all these adults and there was like a high chair at the end of the table. You know, so both my boys have grown up in the industry. Every shop that I've opened has always had a family room, a room where I could go with the kids. You know, it'd be smoke-free and it was a quiet place. But they've always been part of it. So I remember opening up uh, the Heathrow store and at that time they brought out baby monitors with the video on them. And so that was like on my side. So I'd be standing like talking to customers and then, you know, the baby would be crying and say, just a minute, run upstairs and, you know, make sure the baby was okay. He was never alone. But, you know, so they've always been in the shop, but somewhere where you can't see them, you know, in a room or whatever. You know, I don't bring them onto the floor as such. So I've never really stopped working. So...
0: No, that's amazing. And it's funny because Jeez. a lot of people don't know how long we've been friends. And it was actually you guys that taught us early on when Brandy, my wife, first got pregnant. Because, you know, our concern was, well, you know, we go to, we, we travel, we do business. And it was you guys that basically kind of told us, take him with you. Yep. You, guys taking, you guys at that time were taking Boris everywhere. You and, take him everywhere, you know, you're like, everywhere. You're like, just take him with you. you
4: you'll figure Every it, you'll... single show. Yep. Everything. Like, I mean, you'll... he was actually on the the floor of the IPCPR. Um, he was about, I think he was about maybe three. I and your that friend picture. Sal, remember Sal? I have that picture. Yeah. yeah, he was on the floor because I had I, you know, I had no babysitter. I had yeah. to go on the convention floor. And, and, so and, just, and, kids, and
0: kids were not allowed on the convention floor. Not, no, no, you had no, to no. be
4: 18. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I just, I put him in his stroller and I walked in there like he was supposed to be there. <laughs> I just marched <knocked laughs> on in with my stroller. And then um, I saw Sal and Sal was like I said Sal I said my babysitter never turned up and he said give me the baby And he took the baby and he put him in his little he had that little He had the go around the little go around
0: Yeah
4: and then Abel saw him and of course is his godfather and so Abel saying bring me the baby So there's Abel in the middle of the trade show holding my baby and of course this crowd starts you know forming and taking photographs and all this kind of stuff. And actually that made it to, I think they put that photograph inside the Tobacconist magazine with Avo and Boris in the middle of the trade show. And there must <laughs> have about maybe an hour later, maybe an hour and a half, I don't know. And someone realized that this was a baby. I was like, hey, ma'am, you're not supposed to have your baby here. But by that time, I got done what I had to get done. So I was like, okay, bye. Oh, perfect. No, I mean. Yeah, I knew what I do. got to do what you've got to do. Yeah, how many kids two. do
1: you have now, Tanya? You have four or 16? three? Uh,
4: no, I have
1: two. Oh, you have two, okay.
4: Two boys. So, so do you
1: take the boys everywhere with you now or when they like how far apart are they? Because I'm in that same predicament now that like Abe's like, oh yeah, just take them with you. But it's it's hard when you have like they're so close on the good together. advice. Mm-hmm. I take yeah. them
4: everywhere. I take them yeah. everywhere. In fact, you know, um, about two and a half, three months of the year. Jeff and I travel in an RV with the children, you know, he takes time off and we just travel, yeah. you know, everywhere with them, you know, right. everywhere, you know, it's like, if they, if, they don't, if we can't travel with them, we don't go. So every show, whether it's the TA, whether it's the PCA, whatever it is, everyone knows my children, Right. you know, and I encourage other people, you know, and um, to take their children as well.
1: We you know? did that when he, when we had one, because we we like that idea. It's the same thing. Like we bring them. We brought him everywhere. But with two, I just see it getting more and more complicated. But I'm sure we'll yeah. figure it out.
4: Well, they say one's an accessory. <laughs> and so yeah, it does. You know, and it's, of course, you know, not all children have the same personality.
2: Right.
4: Right. Whoa. And so you know, some kids. You know, Boris was like battery operated. That kid. I mean, I'm talking about. I remember being over at Morton's in a meeting. And I was literally breastfeeding my kid under the tablecloth while I'm in the middle of this meeting. I just had to do it. You have to do what you have to do. And people didn't even know my child was there. You know, because (laughs) you just just adapt and just do what you've got to do. I've never made a big deal of it. You know, I've never, I just go along with it. You know, it's no big deal. And both of them are, you know, healthy children. You know, they're.
0: Tanya was absolutely right. You figure it out. You figure yeah. it out and you have fun. We love traveling everywhere with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, now you mentioned you were in retail for most of your life. What was the what was your most favorite job that you had in retail prior to obviously what you do now?
4: Well, I did work I worked for this um video company and that was probably the favorite thing I did because I got to kind of do security and kind of go into these shops and find out, you know, what was the problems in the shop. Oh, like a
0: secret shopper. Yes. Like a secret and
4: shopper. So that was kind oh. of cool. You know, that was, that was probably a really cool thing to do. Um, wow. But, you know, I adapt to anything. Whatever it is I do, I enjoy doing it. I don't care what it is. And I've had lots and lots of jobs, lots of jobs, you know, and I just do what I'm going to do. You know, originally when um, I started off doing civil engineering and I used to work with, it was me and about 50 boys, and I was the first female they ever hired. Mm-hmm. And that's wow. when I started doing my apprenticeship. But back then it was a different world. You know, you were treated totally different when you were a female. You know, one minute you've got someone opening the door for you, and then the next minute they're saying, "Well, you know, lift up those two pallets because you're getting paid the same as us." And you know, and it's definitely you, know, you realise that, um, that women and men are totally different. You know, you think you can be as strong as a man and everything else, but you're just not built that way. You know, so um, always- I soon learned it wasn't a place for me.
0: I've always argued the point that we're supposed to be different. I don't know why everybody makes such a big deal about it.
4: I think so, too. I yeah, enjoy um, being a female.
0: We were supposed to be different. Anybody who thinks otherwise, there's something wrong there, man. No, we're not all supposed to be the same. But yep. eh, Well, along place. those
1: lines, because we Tanya and I had discussed this before our – the first time she was supposed to be on, before they shut down our studios. But along those lines, Tanya – um, we're skipping ahead a little bit from what you know what we want to talk about because uh, we want to get into really the nuts and bolts about what, what you do for the company. But um, speaking of, of females in the workplace and, and your experiences and how you went from a male-centric environment kind of to another male-centric environment, exactly. kind of to another male-centric exactly. environment, how do you exactly. feel women are represented in the cigar industry? Ooh.
4: Well, you know, there's section – parts of the industry okay so you actually have females working whether in shops or they're you know attending trade shows or they're part of you know right. committees yeah and then you have these girls you know with assets that yeah. are doing like a lot of these kind of shows where they're like standing there i don't know in a bikini or whatever and saying oh this is my favorite cigar right okay right. so there's different parts and so as far as like running a store or being involved there's not many of them. There's the not. women that are in this are great. You know, you know, I've got quite a lot of friends. I mean, when I came in here, the first parent that I was introduced to was uh, Janine Perdomo, and she used to have her two children, and she used to have her two children everywhere she went. And so she said to me, you know, I can do it. And that's where I got my, you know, my big boots on and said, well, if I want to be a mother, I can still do it. But, yeah, there's, you know, there's different kind of females. But I think it is quite hard. Not as hard as it used to be, but it is quite hard having people take you serious when you're a female in this industry. Right. Right. In so, you're,
1: there's yeah, you're making that distinction between, like, a woman like you that is literally running a business and actually in the industry, not necessarily just, like, a model.
0: On the peripheral. or mm-hmm. yeah. On the yeah.
1: peripheral.
4: Yeah, do you know what I mean? And so, more and more, I mean, you know yourself, every other week, Someone's got a new video store and a new video chat thing or a new Instagram and, you know, and they they stick the word cigar in there. I mean, I think (laughs) predominantly because it is a male orientated business, it's very easy for a female to, you know, start a new blog, especially if she looks good. And especially if she's got those assets and she'll get a lot of followers like this because you guys are kind of (laughs) weak. (laughs) And so- well, you know
0: what? <laughs> hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on let me let me just kind of summarize a little bit of the psychology on the male end of this right so i went to a catholic high school which is all boys it's not so much weak it's when you're well, deprived cool. of something that's normal right on a regular basis because like we're we're at school all day we're around dudes and the only females you're looking at is a nun right so <laughs> the random nun who's walking down and, and let me just tell you something if that nun was like good looking and hot, you know, that was a problem, right? <laughs> you know, you got teenage boys. So, you know, when you're deprived, so in the cigar community for the longest time, you know, there, there's, there weren't women involved. They weren't, look, I mean, like, look, we, our, our businesses involved in these bars and lounges. But, you know, I had, you guys were a big social setting from your, your first store. My older stores were these little traditional, like, old school. You know, nine leather chairs and a bunch of old guys sitting around smoking, which is intimidating just to women walking in, yep. right? More or less yep. socializing. So you know, it's like it's like adding a drop of water when you're in the desert. So that that's why it's also oh, weak because when you're in this lifestyle for many, many, many years, there wasn't female interaction. So mm-hmm. so yeah, that's why it's become so easy. But yeah, I guess we are weak. All
1: was that sorry, led to, was all that
0: led I was, to, Yeah, I guess we're. I was going
1: to say I didn't go to Catholic high school. I'm I'm still. <laughs> you know,
0: weak. No, but, but, but like, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, like, I mean, look, because I went, I went to I went to public schools up until high school, right? So I woke up every day, you know, you did, you did your hair, you tried to make yourself look good before you went to school, you interacted with girls all day, it wasn't really that big of a deal. Then you go to high school, man, guys would roll out of bed, didn't even wash their face, go to class, nobody cared. Then a girl would walk in or something, you know, or the cheerleaders would come to practice for the football games. Or, Dude, it's, like, it's like every guy acted like he'd never seen a girl in his whole life. Right, the whole place yeah. was like shut down. So you know, it, it's when you deprive yourself, But I've I've always been a big proponent of any uh, of the females um, in this industry. I think it's awesome. I think it's natural, and, and and mostly because as a retailer, as a retailer for many many years, I would see them on the fringe a lot. It was, and I, and I, I even sensed their uncomfortableness, right? You could tell this, this was a passion that they were into, and this was a hobby they were into, but they were just so afraid to break the ice and get. To, and and today we have settings where, honestly, it's completely comfortable. There might even be a lot of times where, in our places, the women outnumber the men, you know, especially with the bar setting now in, in the well, shop. Oh, here, so, yes.
4: Yeah. So and it's, here it's, I have. Now this is only by chance. But I have some great females. I have, you know, Dylan who's in charge of my graphic arts. I have Kim who's in charge of my warehouse. I have Sonali who's in charge of the store. I have Carla who's in charge of the bars. I have, I'll, I have Amy who runs the whole back of the shop. I have so many strong females. Now that wasn't by choice. That was by chance because these females came in and they just did a better job than the people around about them.
0: Do you? Feel- and that's
4: so, you know.
0: Do you feel that it was possible that they were more comfortable because I'm assuming you were doing the hiring? Because I haven't had we've had um, I mean, if I am including the back of the house, right, one, two, I've had two women who are currently working the back of the house and on the floor in my whole career, I think we've had three women work the floor. I they they I don't know if they're intimidated. We just don't get a lot of of, of action. Do you think it's because either they know who you are, or they know there's a woman involved, that they feel more comfortable?
4: It's for sure. Uh, when we have females, I actually hire all the females, or I'm part of it. Now we've got such a big staff, especially when it comes to bartenders, that a lot of the bartenders get hired without me. But it's all based on the same thing. It all starts with zero tolerance, and if you give them the power to know what they're allowed to do and what they're allowed to take. There's no way any of my females are going to have a guest or a colleague who's going to cheat them any different than what they are. And so they take that power and they use it. Okay, I don't have, you know, my girls aren't in here for anything other than to do their job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so I don't have anybody cheating them different. If I've got a girl selling cigars or a guy, they get cheated the exact same. You know, they don't, we don't expect any less of them. And so I give them that power when they come through that door. And I tell them, listen, you're not here to be treated a certain way. You're not here to, you know, have people whistle at you or look at you or touch you or anything like that. Now, I've seen, you know, I was watching a video last night, in fact, um, with some of my customers. And they were showing me a cigar shop down by UAB on the water where they had a female, a really good-looking female. And her job all day was to light cigars. But well, what she did was she would take the customer's cigar, put it in their mouth, light it, and then sexually, like, like kind of hand it over to them. And I thought, are you me? That's wrong in so many different ways. Yeah. Ooh. Right? But I guess, and I don't know, I mean, you know, so if you're going to treat people different, then expect, you know, that results.
1: There's a place in Manhattan that used to do that, that oh. I used to go to. It was weird. But it doesn't matter what the girl looks like. I don't want her putting her mouth on my cigar. I, I don't know who contrary. she is. I know, but
4: it, it just amazes me that the men who were smoking these cigars <clears throat> thought that was okay.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I
4: mean, why is it okay? Yeah. You know, and why do you even want that kind of service? Is so, okay.
0: No part of that is okay.
4: I'm, I know. I know. Well, I don't know, you know, but
0: so I'm pre- it's just. I'm, I'm pretty sure those days are over. Yeah, now. <laughs> well, I hope they're <laughs> over. I hope they're over. You know, sure but I'd like to, to hope so, yes, folks. You know,
4: And then the same, you wouldn't you when you walk through our cigar events, right? You never see these like rough-looking guys standing there. It's all these really, you know, sexy females that are standing there with the cigars and stuff like that. You know, so they do. You know, the cigar industry still sees a female a certain way. You know, and um, I mean, even me, why doesn't why is it no one knows who I am? Well, because I've got such a strong partner in Jeff, and it's all you know, Jeff, 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 Jeff. She's good. She's absolutely fabulous. And I'm okay being where I am. But a lot of it's to do with the fact that I'm a female. I'm always introduced as, this is Jeff's wife. <laughs> Never oh, This is the vice president of Corona Cigar right, Company. Right, it's always, right. uh, this is Jeff. And this is, what's your name? Oh, yeah, this is Jeff's wife. You know, and I'm standing there juggling the balls. But, right. you know, I'll literally add... I will say this, though,
1: Tanya, to that to that point, I will say this. Uh, the industry people especially the manufacturers know and respect you very much because we we yeah, got a lot of, of we got a lot of responses I got personally a lot of text messages and emails from people saying that they were happy that you were finally going to be on and even guys like Sokka were, were I mean he was joking a little bit but great, he was like yeah. he was like Abe it's, it really is about friggin' time that you get her on the show like they yeah. They all seem to have great things to say about you and they know who you are and respect
0: respect well, the job that you do. They've gotten to work with her. From. They've gotten to work with her, and know her. Yes, over if the right, last... you work exactly. with me Two or if decades, you come yeah. and,
4: and you know, like a lot of people they'll invite Jeff for dinner and then they'll see me as an afterthought. And then <laughs> once we're sat down and they kinda realize, you know, I kinda know something, then they're a bit more respectful of my um parts of corona cigar. But other than that, you know, it's you know
0: what, in some defense of them, I will say this is it was one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on our show, Tanya. I mean, look, we were very, very like we've known each other for a very, very long time. And even as friends and, and, and I, you and my wife probably talk a lot more often than you and I do. But um, I, I really didn't know the depth of your involvement in the company. You know, I mean, I knew you're involved, and I know you talk. But I, I, mean, obviously, in us talking in the last two or three months or more since I've actually been on, and yeah, we, I've kind of talked to you on the phone and talk, discussed it. I didn't even know how deeply you were involved in, in in the day-to-day runnings of the company, and that's something that I even just like learned recently because because when we're interacting, typically it's on a social level, so we're not like doing business together or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. That's never been like a, a focus when when and if we we've ever gotten together. But um, no, you, I mean basically you're kind of running the retail end of this whole empire, right? I mean you're you're yeah,
4: a, I it, do. You know, Jeff and I do two totally different jobs. Yeah, you know he does his part, I do my part, and we work together great as a partnership. You know, but yeah, if you if you work here, you definitely know who I am. If you're selling me cigars, you might not know who I am. You know, I don't buy cigars. I'm not a buyer. Okay, so when I come to the trade shows, I'm looking for different ways of making my business better as right. opposed to, well, what's the new cigar? You know, mm-hmm. if you come and you try and buy a cigar off me, you've got no luck because that part of it is not my interest. I'm not interested in, you know, what cigars taste like. You know, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in, you know, once the cigar's on the shelf, how it looks and how it sells. Mm-hmm. But I'm not interested in how they get to the shelf. You're going to have H, you're going to have Angel, you're going to have Matt, you're going to have Tommy gonna have those guys that go and they buy the cigars along with Jeff and you know they decide what's going in here so on that same basis a lot of the reps might not even know who I am until they're oh. in the shop you know and so and that's another thing that will happen you know you have a, um, a rep coming to the store and they'll give the guy cigars and then they'll look at me and they'll say uh do you want one uh do you smoke them you know, assumed, you know and I'm like you know like, so well, you know but once they get to know then it's 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 fine. They you say know, that I, to I really me no when they come on
1: it. the they say that to me when they come on the show. They're like, you, do you actually want one? You want to smoke one?
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean but I I'm absolutely okay with being in the position that I'm in, you know, because at the end of the day I I work one on one with the customers and that's the most important part of retail is the customers. Okay, so I make sure that every single customer has the best experience they can have. And I really enjoy that part of it, you know,
0: so I'm I th- okay. I think that's awesome that you two could work together so well, because that's really hard. I mean, oh, yeah. it really is. And I think part of it is that they're, they're both completely aware of what each other's roles are. And I think that's when it works yep. best, right? There's not a blending of roles. Jeff's not going to you know, get involved where Tanya's domain. And she knows perfectly well what Jeff's doing. Cause I, I'm going to tell you, I love my wife. You know how much I love my wife. And I was caught one time many, many years ago. I think when it was, we only had three locations or two locations at a time. But I had one guy who was we knew was leaving, and then I had two guys who lived together, who were roommates, who both were going to move out of state and got opportunities, and they didn't even tell each other. Like they both came to me. Adams, remember who, talk. you were working for for us at the time, right? Ben and uh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben, ben and Andrew. Andrew. Yeah. yeah. I, I, they both came to me, yeah, I got to put my two weeks where I'm, I, I'm like, you're both going? And they're like, oh, <laughs> oh no. I mean, like, you didn't know. So, like, I was, like, short It's really, like, just blindsided. And it got to the point where my wife, Brandy, God bless her, she quit her job doing hair. My, my wife's a, a professional, uh, you know, hairstylist and colorist, and she's very good at what she does. Really? And um, she worked in the shop with me, like, for I think it was, like, two months before I finally hired somebody or a couple guys who got situated. But, wow, that was a rough two months. It was a rough <laughs> two months because because you know, there was no role definition, right? Yeah. I mean, because we, we this isn't something that was norm for us. And my wife was basically, you know, being awesome and trying to help out a bad situation I was in the best she could. But there was a lot of that role thing because like you know the husband, wife, and work and, and thing it just got blended and it was it was it was a rough two months. So I commend you guys. I think that's awesome.
1: Tanya, how well, you do know, you
0: juggle
1: um, it? Pardon? How do you juggle it? Like, how does it work? Like, you see, I mean, I know Jeff's not always in the same spot that you are because you kind of bounce around to all the stores. But, like, when you are in the same place every day, when when you work together, when, when you guys are in the same location, and then you go home, like, is that is that taxing on your relationship?
4: Well, you know, I always tell Jeff, you know, leave your crown at the door, you know?
0: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I get you. Know, I
4: get when, you. When he's home, he's dad, and, you know, and he's he's my husband, and... You know, it's a whole different thing. You ask him um, to take out the garbage like anybody goes, else. Exactly. As far as work goes, you know, when he has his, like, staff meetings and all the managers get together and they're all doing this, you know, kind of let's get things. I don't even attend them. I don't attend. Oh, I say, okay. you know, because then we would be talking on top of each other. And right. so he'll go there and he'll tell, you know, the guys, okay, we're doing this and we're doing that and we're doing the next thing. Right? I might not necessarily agree with everything that he's saying, and so I won't put that out there. So I'll wait until after the meeting. And then my staff will come and tell me, Jeff said this, and Jeff said that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, and then, you know, it's a matter of respect and trust. That's you know, great. I respect and trust that he can do his job and he kind of respects and trust that I can do mine. Yeah. And yeah, we do have kind of, you know, moments where we disagree. We disagree with a lot of things with the running of the stores. Mm-hmm. But you see, Jeff and I are different. Jeff's not really a social person. You won't see him hanging out at bars. You don't see him going shopping. I don't think he's been to the mall like three times. So his idea of retail and my idea of retail are two different things. But Jeff knows what to buy to put in the stores. I know what they should look like. And so we kind of, you know, we have Angel. And we always say Angel is like his, his wife and my husband. So he's That's kind of the go-between. And so, you know, Angel will tell him one thing. He'll bring it to me. I'll tell Angel one thing. And then we'll kind of come to a uh, kind of conclusion over it, you know, but as I say, it's all about trust. If You know, Jeff trusts that I'm not going to do anything that's going to chase away customers or stop sales. Right. And I trust the same with him, you know? And, I mean, that's and just like any
1: other partnership. It's, it's, it's that, it that trust that you, that you have together with, with the person that you're working with. So
4: exactly. But for me, whether I'm selling cigars or whether I'm selling, you know, fruit, I did have a fruit shop when I was younger. So, really? well, yeah, I did had a fruit shop when I was like 24, 25. So, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, I'm selling. I'm going to sell it to the same extent. You know, so when I met Jeff, Jeff had a passion for cigars. But I had a passion for Jeff. And so oh. that's, how, that's how we work it. So I do whatever I've got to do.
0: Now, you mentioned events. You mentioned events earlier, and I'd be remiss not to bring this up. Obviously, you guys have been involved with Drew Estate's Barn Smokers, which is an extremely popular and and growing event that's done in multiple cities around the country. And obviously, their Florida one is at one of your barns at the FSG um, Ranch at, at, and, at yeah, your, your farm. Yeah,
4: been Florida.
0: Yeah. It should have been last week, if I'm not mistaken. And
4: was supposed to be on the... A- Originally on the 16th of May, I believe. And then it got moved to November. But unfortunately, it has just been cancelled. Uh, because the company, you know, it's a big company. And they really don't want any liability in case someone gets sick. So they're just being, being safe for everybody's sake. So they went ahead and have cancelled it coming up in November.
0: Now, now for some of our listeners who aren't familiar with the Barn Smoker, can, can you share a little bit about that experience?
4: Yeah, of course. It's Actually, it's, a, it's an event run by Drew State. Jonathan and State. and so what they do is they'll come to the barn, and we'll have about 600 guests up there, and we'll use the barn, and they'll basically use it for promoting. They're, they're promoting, you know, FSG. They're promoting their own products, so it's kind of like they do this big kind of thank you to the people who smoke those products, and they'll bring them up there. They'll feed them, they'll give them a tour of the barn, and they'll show them how cigars are formed from seed to shelf. Mm-hmm. So you have about four different people doing tours, they'll break it up into, you know, a couple of hundred people each, and they'll have different speakers, you'll have Jonathan, you'll have Willie uh, Herrera, sorry, you'll have Jeff, and so the people just come and get the tour, and then they'll give, give them a big bag of swag, they'll give them cigar samples, and away they go, and that's what we do.
3: So... In doing this, what's it like working with Jonathan on, on a regular basis doing these events?
4: <laughs> well, thank goodness I don't have to work with Jonathan. <laughs> you know? Jonathan's a great friend, you know, but I, I don't work one-on-one with him. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I run that when it comes to Florida, because it's my barn, because a lot of the people are my guests, you know, then I kind of take to run the show from the beginning, but I'll say hello to everybody coming in, make sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing, so while Jeff and Jonathan are up there being superstars, I'm kind of in the back <laughs> on my Polaris, and I check and everything's okay, you know? And it's the same thing. I mean, actually, at the barn smoker, a lot of people were... I was, like, driving them around in my Polaris. I've got my Wellington boots and my jeans, and I'm just making sure everybody's okay. So they have no idea who I am. So I'd have <laughs> up people who have, like, walking sticks and stuff, and i go pick them up in my Polaris and take them to where they have to be, and they're trying to give me, like, $2 tips and things like that, you know? And they're like, oh, that girl's so good, you know, you should promote her, you know, and, Tanya, and things like that, you know? Tanya,
0: family? have you taken the tips and just said, thank you very much?
4: I I, I have, because some people get offended. <laughs> I know, you know,
0: I know. So I like, no,
4: no, take it, you look like you need it. And, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then I had um, oh. some people give me tips, like, they give me, like, um... We grow these really cool sunflowers up there, because that's where we grow our tobacco, of course. Right. And so we have these sunflowers, and they act like a barricade. So all these insects will go for the flowers before they go for the tobacco. Right, right. And so we try and give, you know, everybody that comes, we'll give them a sunflower. Thank you for that, FSG. Mm. And so, and so, you know, a lot of people gave me flowers as well. You know, they're like, oh, there you go, there's a tip. And, you know, <laughs> it's really cool. <laughs> You know, and then, um, and then you know, sometimes like at the end, like Jeff or Jonathan will say, you know, bring Tanya up the stage. And then they're kind of looking like, Jeez, she's here, you know. I just and gave I could, that
1: girl a dollar. What am
4: I doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. like, you know, right. But yeah, it's, it's nice. It's nice. And it's always good because you get to actually hear what the people think. You know, they're not going to try and yeah. blow smoke here, your so They're going to tell you exactly how they think about how things are going. And so I still do that. I still kind of like, when I go to Tampa store, a lot of the locals know me, but a lot don't. And I'll go over there and just hover around and see what I can listen to, you know, or else I'll just sit there in the cameras and see if everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. You know, I absolutely check every review that comes in. If we've got a negative review, I'm right on there. I'm like, okay, let's get that
0: fixed.
4: Because it really should be, you know, as we say, the ultimate cigar experience. And it's my job to make sure that happens. Yeah. And so that takes up a lot of my time and I enjoy doing it. But that helps make things go the way they're supposed to go.
0: Well, the, the barn Smoker is definitely a unique experience. And, you know, it's unfortunate that they got canceled this year. We're Hopefully next year they'll, they'll get it back on there. I mean, there's a lot of guys who throw big cigar events. I mean, we throw our own big event every February. But this is like a completely different format, while well, ours like is a big cigar okay. celebration party. This is actually an opportunity to see what happens on a farm, in a field, talk to the growers. And it's, it's almost kind of doing like a trip without having to leave the country to, to, to see a cigar farm, right?
4: That's why people like it. You know, yeah. before they had this, the barn smokers, you actually had to go to Nicaragua, right. the Dominican Republic, Honduras. So people, the only opportunity they would get is if they flew out the country. You know, because Connecticut grow tobacco, but they don't necessarily do tours. Right. So before, you know, you could do, like, the safari with Jonathan in Nicaragua. You know, you could go to the Dominican Republic with, like, Davidoff or something like that.
0: Yeah.
4: But there was nothing really here doing that. So that opportunity now brings more people. People fly in from all over the states to come to them because they want to see what it's like. But they're either too afraid to go outside the country or they don't have, you know, the passports or the means or whatever. So the fact that they can do it in America... Helps a lot. They love it. They absolutely love
3: it. Absolutely. Now, since we're talking about events, you guys also do another big event every year, uh, Cars and Cigars.
4: We did. Un- unfortunately, the venue that we used, mm-hmm. we can no longer use it. They sold it off. So, you know, it's really hard to find an event where you can uh-huh. smoke cigars, you know, inside a building. And mm-hmm. so, you know, right. we, we still, we're still trying to do a new one, but then we have to start putting tents outside and things like that. So, yes, I mean, maybe we'll use the, the barn, use that space to do the same kind of thing. Maybe not the cars because it's more tractor-oriented. Right. But, yeah, we'll, we'll do something else. You know, people keep asking, you know, they go to the go to Abe's thing, and they're saying, can we do something local? The, the thing is that, you know, our company, it's really just Jeff and I, you know, and so, you know, you're trying to balance the shops, the ranches, parenthood, you know, all these different things. So you don't always have the time to do everything so sometimes you know, it's better just to say you know go see abe you know go to this one you know, because you know you can't do everything all yeah, the time you yeah you so have certainly to look into start using our barn a bit more
0: yeah you know? I, I would love an awesome barn experience i mean we were going to come up there and do kma once until we found out at the last minute that there was no internet there just well, cellular there's yeah.
4: nothing there's nothing
0: yeah, well, we didn't know that. We asked before we went out there, and then we found out the last I minute. I talked to so. Jeff the week before, and I was like, we just want to make sure that the connection speed is okay. He
1: goes, yeah, Verizon's great here. We have great signal. And I was like, wait, hold on. I was like, when you say Verizon, <laughs> do you mean cell phone service, or do you mean, like, internet? He goes, there's no internet. It's a barn. Yes,
0: <laughs> he got, yes, he got yes, like, bad at me. I felt a bad. A couple of
4: barns, and, you know, and a couple of hens and whatever. There's not a lot up there. Now speaking you know?
0: of the, speaking of the FSG farm, right, and the ranch, I, want, I have to ask you because I, I think one of the reasons why Tanya and I always really got along is we're very kind of similar, right? We just speak our mind, right? We, you know, we just we, we just talk. I mean, Jeff and I get along very good, but I've always said that Jeff's like the more diplomatic of the two of us. Yeah. Like when we sat on boards together, I'm the one that's like a bull and loud and and and, and knocking shit over. And Jeff's, yep. Jeff's always got that soothing voice when he's talking to somebody that yeah. is just calming, right? But, like, when you heard that Jeff wanted to grow tobacco and start being a farmer and, and ranching, I, I, what, what were you thinking at the time? Was it like Green Acres? Were you like Zaza Gabor? Or, you know, like, you know, or, or were you into this farm life and concept? Because no, Jeff's absolutely not. Absolutely Jeff not. No. Yeah, Jeff loves it. No,
4: when I met Jeff, and, you know, we're sitting, we kind of. Talk about where we want to go in life, you know, what's your credit score and all that stuff. <laughs> no, um, Jeff said to me, you know, eventually he wants to retire and he wants to, you know, like be on a little orange grove and drive his tractor because Jeff has always driven tractors. You know, he was like the the Florida champion tractor driver, right? So he's always loved that stuff, right? He was in the FFA, you know, he's got the little blue jacket and all that stuff.
1: I think he told and us so, this, yeah.
4: Yeah, and so, you know, he and so he said that from when I, w- I met him. And so I knew he always had this passion for farming. And so um, at one point in his life, Jeff had cancer. And thank God, you know, he came through it good. And so, you know, at that point in your life, when you're going through something like that, nothing matters anymore. All you want is to try and grab as much happiness in life as possible. And so this all started with, you know, I'd bought a, a little maybe 10 acres and then the first thing I did was I got him a tractor so that he can go cut grass. And man, he would go up there all day long cutting the grass and I'd be standing there like, Jeff, get in here, get in here. <laughs> so then what I did was I changed it to a lawnmower that went really fast, like 30 miles an hour, so he can cut that grass quicker. But when I saw how passionate he was about riding that tractor and so when we, we got the property where the tobacco farm is now, um, after about a year or so, we were like, what are we doing with this property? So then he said, I wonder if tobacco will grow here. And I said, that's a great idea. And so that was it. He started, you know, trying to grow it. And I've been supportive ever since. Of course, the first crop, I was out there with my children, with my friends. You know, so we harvested the first crop. Wow. And so, you know, I'm, I'm very happy that he has something that he can enjoy doing. And he's very good at it. Everything he touches, it turns to gold. You know, so I'm very supportive. And even now, I mean, I was up there the last crop. And I was, you know, it's very good. I was up there, I was picking it, I was I was actually planting it. I'll do whatever it takes. I still enjoy doing it with him. I don't want to be doing it every day. But you know, so I'm, I'm supportive of it and I'm glad he does it.
0: Do you think you're gonna end up living your, your your older days on a farm?
4: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe I like the I like the peace and I like the quiet, you know. I, I've actually suggested to Jeff to, you know, build a house up there. We just bought a new house, but prior to that I said You know, let's move up there. It's nice. It's quiet. And he's like, there's not enough restaurants. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So that's why, you know, where we are here, it's Restaurant Row. I think we've got about, like, 40 restaurants in a two-mile area. So he loves being able to eat. He likes to eat. And so other than that, I think he would move up there. And he's up there, like, four days a week. How far is it from
0: from where you're so – 70 miles. Oh, really? It's that far? How far? 70 minutes
4: 70 minutes no 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 it's only it's only about 35 minutes from our house to the farm miles that's what i said about 70 miles no it's actually about i think it's about the same about 37 miles away oh okay and then we have a ranch but the ranch is a wee bit further that's about an an hour away so when you see them playing with the cows that's about an hour away from here
1: okay okay see but that's Uh, the thing about that's the thing about that concentrated area of orlando it's like there's there's all these restaurants, the the theme parks, and then you can literally go out of the city because it's such a widespread city. Exactly. Twenty minutes, fifteen minutes, and there's nothing, which is what it was before Disney really came down there. But yeah, that's yeah. There's
4: nothing up there. Nothing, I didn't come I mean, from New York. I had no idea.
1: Ever. I had no idea that there was farmland there. You know, like there's it's a it's a, a thing that. I guess you just don't think about when you think Orlando.
4: When I was in New York, I always think about New York City. But when you're traveling on this bus everywhere, New York's Mm -hmm. like, the city's nothing. It's all nothing but fields out there, you know, until you get to like, you know, Canada. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It's a good lifestyle.
1: That's why they Mm -hmm. wanted to be a separate state. Upstate New York wanted to be separate from the city in Long Island for a long time. It's
4: totally different, totally different.
1: Yeah. Do you wow. go to the
4: farm a lot? I do, I do. Um, I actually in my house right now, as you know, Paul, um, I have six chicks.
1: Yeah, we saw. So Usually, like, yeah,
4: and so you know we have like hens up at the. There used to be hens up at the farm, but unfortunately the coyotes and the alligators and the snakes and all these things kind of ate all my hens. Oh. And so I just bought some more chicks, and I actually have them in my house, right here in the, in, the, in my subdivision. Um, when, and so I'm bringing a bit of the farm to my house, you know. When
1: we were so, talking, Abe, the other day, I had Axel in my lap. And he, my, my wife walks over. She goes, do I hear chickens or chicks? Or like, what do I hear? And Tanya goes outside and comes in with these two baby chicks. Axel lost it. My wife was like, oh, my God, they yeah, are so cute.
4: That's
0: great. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like bringing it.
4: Because I, I like all that stuff, you know. I mean, prior, I've always been a city girl. Glasgow is like a, a mini New York. It's a yeah. very, you know... Like fast moving city, right? And so, you know, when I just started going up to the farm, I was kind of like, oh my goodness, you know, there are spiders, there's snakes, there's all this stuff. But then after a moment, you just love it, you know. It's just it's so nice, you know. So it's great. And of course we have those beautiful cigars coming out of there.
0: Well, the boys seem to have really taken to it, right? I mean, they 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 every time I watch a video of Jeff, Jeff they love
4: being out there. Well they love being out there because again they can be part of it. You right. know, they can go and they can like pick leaves and they can plant tobacco and they can do all this stuff. You know, my 14 year old, he's been riding a tractor since he was like 10. You know, so because they can be part of it, unlike Krona cigar, I can't bring them in here, I can't have right. them sell cigars, I can't have them making drinks. So they love being part of you know our business instead of just you know standing in the corner. So they have taken to it real well. And I really think that Boris, the older boy, I think he's going to take a bigger hand in it when he's older.
0: I I, I don't want to deep dive into the farm too much because it's not your area, but I'd be remiss not to say it because there's a lot of cool byproducts you guys have of the ranch too, right? You guys got some honey You guys going on? the,
4: The honey thing was we had, we used to have hives, again, because, you know, tobacco has flowers. And so... Then the neighbor next to us, he had even more hives, and he started producing honey. And he came and he said "Says you know, this honey tastes really distinct. I think it's because they use the tobacco, the tobacco oh, flowers, wow. And so it tastes totally different. And so, you know, he gave us some, and it really did taste really good. And so then what happened is we said to him, well, okay, we'll buy your honey. He's happy. And now it's HG honey. And so, yes, we have that, and we grow pumpkins. Um, pumpkins, pumpkins.
0: Watermelons
4: pineapples yeah we've got, yeah we've got now all of that only came because the tobacco is kind of seasonal
0: right yes so we had a
4: whole exactly so we had a whole group of people working up there and right. we didn't let, want to let them go at the end of the season and so then we just come up with all these different things to make them grow just so they'd still have a job all year round and so we started just planting things like um everything corn and um, just to see if it would grow just to keep them in a job basically. And then what we do is we would give it away to our customers. And so you'd come in, buy a box of cigars and get a free watermelon. (laughs) That's awesome. That's like a Lou Rothman
1: thing. Exactly.
4: And so that's and so that's what we did. And so, you know, now we just grow whatever we can grow just to see what we can grow. Do you grow it it in the
1: same soil as the tobacco like in the same area, like when the crops are not there? So that's that's also for the
4: or in between crops. And that's
1: good for the soil, right? For the
4: for the you you should turn your soil over. Right. And so, you know, after we're finished with the cigars, we turn it all over and then we'll, you know, regrow whatever we're growing.
0: Right. So now um I because now this is an area where I have a little bit of interest, right? You guys have cattle, right? Yes. So is is there I saw you made a comment on our post. Is there a FSG jerky on the way?
4: Well, This is what's happened. I guess, you know, Jeff reads a lot. And so he's been reading that, you know, we're starting to get meat coming from Africa. You know, they're bringing in meat because during the COVID, all these plants were closed down and we cannot process our beef the same. And that kind of made him kind of upset because, you know, he's very pro-American. And so we have, I think we probably have about upwards of 300 cows between the different ranches. Now, generally what we do is we grow them to a certain age, send them to market, and then they use them for whatever. However, Jeff has now started thinking, well, we should start processing our own cows because we know where they come from. You know, they were born here and everything else, and it's Black Angus we have. And so that's what came across, that he wants to start processing them now and actually selling the meat. And so during that as well, we've had someone who approached us wanting to, you know, make the beef jerky now, they've been saying that to us for about three years, and so now he's seriously considering, you know, processing the meat, packing it up, and then selling it um, along with everything else that we produce at FSG Farms.
0: Good. Wow. Very cool.
4: Yeah, li- cool.
0: I always like me some good jerky, so that'd be. I, I can't wait for that personally.
4: Mm-hmm. I don't like jerky.
0: Ah, uh, I do. <laughs> I, I heard Jeff does too. I'm going to send him a batch.
4: He I'm loves it. it. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah.
0: What's I'm like? going to send them some, some of my next batch. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that's batch. the next encounter, I
4: guess. It never stops.
0: Hey, it never
3: does. and You can't. You have to always okay. keep initiating and keep reinventing yourself and keep going along those exactly. lines. Exactly. Absolutely. So, uh, for those who don't know, you guys have uh, three stores in the Orlando area. Sand Lake, Lake Mary, Downtown, and then, of course, obviously the Tampa store. And... The temp, the downtown store is right next to the Amway Arena. Correct. And if I'm not mistaken, you guys get a lot of NBA players on their downtime that come in there.
4: Well, we, the area where this shop is right now mm-hmm. is quite an affluent area. And mm-hmm. so a lot of these guys have stores, uh, sorry, have houses right here. Mm-hmm. And in downtown, as you know, we have the stadium. So, yeah, we get these kind of superstar figures. Mm-hmm. Um, coming through and then Tampa's the same. You ha- we're right beside the Buccaneer Stadium. Yeah. So um, all of the stores get their selection. I don't know who any of them are. I'm really bad. <laughs> I, I don't watch American sports, you know, and it's kind of a good thing, you know, because they just get treated the same as everyone else. They don't have any VIP clubs or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So they just sit. I mean, I look out my window any given day and I just assume when they're really big or they're really tall, they might be someone. But I don't, I mean, I don't go up to my customers and say, you know, what's your name and what do you do? You know, I'll go up and say, what are you drinking or what are you smoking? And, you know, converse with them. So a lot of these people that come, these guests who come, I really have no idea who they are, which is smashing. You know, they're just another cigar smoker. And so whether you're a plumber or whether you're, you know, an NBA sports star, you're sitting in the same seats. Because the thing about me is coming from Scotland, I'm a bit cheap. And so I don't believe, I believe in like using every single seat. So if I'm out there and there's a seat empty and there's someone standing, I'll take them over and I'll say, hey, what's your name? And he's like, you know, whatever, Bob. And I'll say, this is Mike. That's your new friend, sit and smoke together. <laughs> want to and so then it's, it's fantastic because what I've done is I've kind of created these like masses of friends who all come in and sit together in all different walks of life. And every single, I don't care how rich you are, you still need a plumber. And so, you know, they all become friends and I absolutely love it. I love that, you know, when you come in here, you never, you'd never meet a stranger, you know, and that's, and so, yeah, we do have a lot of these celebrities, but they don't act like celebrities, Mm -hmm. they just act like cigar smokers, and I love it.
2: Very cool, uh,
3: so, obviously, you guys have three bar, uh, four bars, so, what kind of strange bar, drunken bar
0: stories do you have? I tell if, if, if you don't have any, we could send Adam down there one weekend so you can oh, have some. Oh, he'll
1: give speech. you plenty.
0: Yeah, he can give you some <laughs> material for some weird bar stories. Mm-hmm. Well, you
4: know, there's a difference between owning a dive bar and owning an upscale cigar bar. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. so we don't really have, you know, back in the day when we just opened, we used to, you know, have to wheel people out here. But now, you know, there's so many different, like, you know, so many liabilities, and so our idea is to, you know, give you drink, mm-hmm. but not enough that you're gonna fall out of here. You know, we've had more people falling off of stools because they've smoked a strong cigar than we right. have because they're drunk. And you know, right. and we don't have a we don't have a cheap menu. You know, we have a whole lot of high end liquor. And so you don't see the same kind of things as you would see in a diaper. You know, um, it's you know, people come in here to drink. I mean I had a kid in yesterday a kid, he's thirty, he comes in yesterday and he's ordering like, you know, a double Louis the thirteenth, you know, what? like yeah, yeah, it's run down like you know, seven hundred dollars for a drink, yeah. you know, and so we don't really have you know the, the fun stories as such, you know. <laughs> so oh, I'm it's not sorry such a to bad disappoint thing. you, but yeah, it's you know it's nice. We don't really you know, and we have a lot of females that come as well, which is great. We have um, especially downtown. Downtown, we have a lot of female cigar smokers who like to drink good whiskeys. And so it's great.
0: Now just to be clear, all all the bars and retail locations are now open.
4: They're all open again, yes. We're doing right. we're obviously, you know, following all the mandates of six feet apart, the tables are six feet apart. You can set up to ten people at a table as long as they came together.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
4: Right. And as long but you know, we're all adults and so everybody here, you know, I've got some people wearing masks, I've got some people not wearing masks. You know, people are you know, it should be kind of Look after yourself, and that will help look after other people. So we have san- hand sanitizer everywhere. You know, we've obviously got bathrooms where you can wash your hands. You know, everybody's looking at things different.
0: You have some of your staff no. wearing a mask? I saw, you know, a, boxer, yeah, I saw a exactly. go behind you wearing
4: Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm trying to figure out which girl it is with this mask on. <laughs> yeah, we have the lovely Angie here. So she's wearing a mask um, because she feels better wearing a mask. Sure. And I don't know, you know, I think if you're behind a bar and you're serving drinks, I think you do have to wear a mask, you know, but it's not mandatory in our store. As I said, if somebody wants to wear a mask, I'm okay with it. If they don't, they don't. The only are, thing I have to make sure is they're forever washing their hands Yeah. and, you know, keeping everything clean.
0: Are your stores open normal hours?
4: Yes, we are now. You We're are open until 2 a.m., 12 that, during the week.
0: Is that, oh, 12, yeah, same thing, 12 during the week, 2 a.m.? So you did go back to normal hours. Was was this the first week of normal hours? It was.
4: Yeah. It was. We actually, during the whole virus thing, we closed down one shop. The one downtown, which was primarily a lot of um, local business. So with everything being closed down, we just closed down the whole shop. Well, we didn't want anyone to lose their job. So we moved all the staff from there into into different locations. If someone didn't want to work, that was okay. But most of them wanted to work. So I have a warehouse um, along the road here about three miles. So a lot of the staff moved to the warehouse because, of course, the warehouse got busier because more people are ordering from home. And so um, now that the staff are going back to their own shops, I'm short-staffed at the warehouse. Uh So if anyone's looking for a job. Uh So, you know, we just kept people going. Fortunately, we never lost one one member of our staff. Everybody got to keep their jobs. The bartenders, they were fantastic during this time. They still wanted to work, but we didn't have the bar open, so they came in here and they were painting. You know, they made sure everything was clean. It was so good. You know, the people come in; they're like painting walls and painting ceilings and stuff like that. So they did whatever it took just to keep themselves in a job and keep their families. You know,
0: right. yeah, dead. absolutely. Now tell us about this warehouse because this is only what about a year and a half old, maybe?
4: It's I Two believe years? it's just over a year old. A year, yeah, a year and a half, so we yeah. kind of outgrew. This used to be the headquarters. So when you phoned up or you went online and you got a cigar, it would come from this actual shop. But we just outgrew it. And so we scouted around and we found um, like a warehouse along the road. It's about 5,000 square feet. And then fortunately, within a month, I found one right next door to it for sale. And so that is now where everything gets shipped from. And so we managed to hire a whole bunch more people to get those orders out. So when, now when you order a cigar, it comes direct from there. Now when we get our shipments, they all go to that one warehouse, and then we have vans or trucks, as you would call them, that go to the different locations and deliver all your cigars. So, yeah, it's, it's been they great. Deliver,
0: they deliver cigars locally or to the retail stores?
4: Just to the retail stores. Right, right.
0: You re, you and then everything
4: else gets shipped out. Right.
0: You redistribute from your, your warehouse to the retail stores.
4: Correct. Right. That's
0: awesome. Very
1: cool. How has the tourism tourism being so low or or really nil affected the stores? Has it at
4: all? Of course, definitely. You know, definitely, of course, with the convention center being closed, we're missing a lot of people. But I really have a strong group of locals, you know, that come in here every day, and God bless them, you know, so they're keeping us going, you know, and, you know, it is what it is. What we're kind of losing in the brick and mortar, we're making up over at the warehouse, Right. So, you know, but yeah, it's had a big impact on us. And even this six feet apart thing, because ours, our shop, we can't have as many customers in anymore. Right. And so, you know, a lot of customers are smoking at their cars and stuff like that because there's, there's no seats that they can sit at. So right now we're, we're talking with our landlord and we're hoping to expand into the parking lot outside where we can put tables, stuff like that. You know, so, yeah, it's had a big impact. I mean, right now, I'm in my shop, and it's relatively empty. You know, some people are afraid to still sit down. Some people are just coming, getting their cigars and leaving. Mm-hmm. So it has big, had a big a big impact, but what can you do? You just keep going.
0: That's it.
3: Absolutely right. Mm-hmm. 110%. All do right.
0: We, do we got Coop today? Is coupe on coming on Coop on? We do. Coop is, is coming on. Coop There's is there.
4: the coolest guy around, isn't he?
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Mister uh,
3: William Cooper joining us from a different room of his house every single week. Coopaloop, what is happening, buddy?
2: Hey guys, I he telling you how you doing? Happy birthday. Hi, how
4: are you? Thank you very much. Thank
2: uh, you. Did well, I hear? Did
4: I hear something? Wait,
2: did I hear that that you were fifty-one? Who me? Yeah.
4: Yeah, born in sixty-nine. Wow. Yep. Good year.
2: <laughs> good yeah. year. I mean, you up thirty, so.
4: <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, okay mm-hmm uh so coop what's happening
2: this week well it was a little bit of a slow week but there's some news starting to come out of nicaragua right now that the impacts of covid 19 may are, are probably worse than being reported and um you know um the u.s embassy this past week issued a warning actually to people in nicaragua to pretty much be ready to shelter in place right now now wow. the the government is reporting that there have only been 25 cases of COVID, but I guess the numbers that are being gathered indicate the numbers more like 1,200 cases and 233 deaths and a potential cover up by the Ortega administration here on what's going on.
3: Shocker. Shocker.
2: Right. That's so shocker. I don't think any cigar companies are pushing panic buttons in Nicaragua yet, but it is something worth watching. Um, if you're I'm not really a big on following all these numbers or anything, but the only thing I will say is that World Health Organization is showing that the data is starting to move towards Latin America right now. as yeah. becoming the epicenter of this thing. So that is something to keep an eye on. On the other hand, the Honduran factories have started to reopen. So uh, CLE has been kind of announcing their new plans. Um, actually, their new protocols in place right now. They're putting things like, uh, you know, distancing in at the factories right now, sanitary conditions. Racist Cubanas, uh, which makes a lot of Alec Bradley, is also reopening as well. They're, they're doing a phased reopening. Uh, Julio, Julio Arroyo's Aladino factory is also opening. So you start to see things in Honduras open under some control protocols right now on that end of the fence.
3: Uh, interesting good to see Honduras opening back up and uh, getting things going, but uh, obviously we're all gonna have to pay attention to see what happens in the next couple of weeks with nicaragua
2: yeah it it's 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 definitely worth watching that right now um you know, but even in this country um you know Tanya talked about the barn smokers being closed because you know obviously there's there's a uh, liability issues. That's not going to be a unique thing that Drew Estate, and I think you're going to unfortunately see a lot of the big events in the second half of 2020 uh, canceled right now uh, for those reasons right now. That There's just going to be a little bit of fear to have these things, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of cigar companies were, um, were basically putting out, um, you know, that they were going to try to reschedule things in, in the second half. About a half hour after I thought this is like a half hour after Drew Estate made their announcement, I saw Cigar Aficionado was immediately tweeting uh, big smoke events. So I'm sure that, you know, that's going to become a concern as well right now. Um, what's happening there?
0: I'll be honest with you, we're concerned about the great smoke in 2021. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, I mean look, yeah. we don't, look the, the fairgrounds where we do the event are taking events. Because we've got to talk with them because We've already had a contract and, and, and settled on a date for next year. Um, but we just don't know what the climate is. Because, look, this, this event has to do with... I mean, I could throw the event, but if people aren't comfortable enough... Because our event, a lot of people fly in from out of state. I mean, the event, is I, I think, has almost reached a 50-50 ratio of people in the state of Florida to people who are coming from out of the state of Florida. So if if they're not ready to get on a plane and fly... Uh, uh, and come down here and be comfortable and if there's not a if there's not a solidified treatment, forget a vaccine or you know, you know, or whatever, but if there's not at least solidified because I don't think I don't think the hospitals have really figured out the treatment process. I think they've had different successes with different people in different areas and I don't think the treatment scene has been solidified, but if that doesn't happen, I don't know how successful a great smoke in twenty twenty one is gonna be. I mean we're still gonna move forward doing everything we're supposed to do and making the decisions and prepping for it. But just like the PCA or the barn smoke, we're going to have a hard line date. where We're going to have to make a decision and decide whether we're going through with this for sure or not.
2: Yeah, Abe. And I think you're going to start to see the next question come up as well is right before you, the great smoke is TPE in Vegas. that's just scheduled for the end of January. Nothing yet. I wouldn't say anyone's, but there's going to be quite, if this trend continues, you're going to start to see that show have some questions raised. Uh, f- you know, If it's coming up in late January, I think starting in the fall, you'll start to see it. But unfortunately, right now, um, I think a lot of the big cigar events are um, – You know, this is just going to be the norm right now. I think uh, there's going to be a
0: lot of factors that will give us a good foresight, right? I, I'm really waiting to see what happens with the educational system come August, right? I mean, how they're going to handle whether kids are going to go back to school, they're going to open it up, um, and eventually if they start doing sporting events, right? So if you start seeing some of those aspects of society open up and you see how people react to it, it'll give you, I think, a better barometer. But, I mean, I think the, 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 ma- the next major thing will be schools, right? I'm, I'm predicting that you're going to see a lot of virtual schools for the first half of the school year come mm-hmm. fall 2020.
2: Uh my one of my sons is scheduled to go back to Appalachian State. Um, that's at least the plan that they're reopening. If that's reevaluated, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, he did. He finished out his semester from here uh, for Appalachian State virtually. And I was kind of joking around. I said, you know what? I don't think the schools are ever going to need to have snow days again. Now that they've been ah. able to do this, there should never be
1: another snow day. Oh, that um, would be so terrible for kids.
4: Well, they'll do, do that in Atlanta. Georgia to do, do
1: that. Yeah.
4: Oh, you my, mean, my nephew's in Georgia. They already have that in place. When it's a snow day, they just go straight on their computers. Oh, really? So they were a lot. So I've got a couple of nephews at my house right now from Georgia, and that they already know. They've already got it all worked out. My kids from Orlando are doing about 45 to an hour and a half work a day. Their kids are still doing a full day in oh, Georgia wow. because it's all ready for them for the snow days.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- we, we weren't ready. I mean, I'm just yeah. gonna say that now. I mean, I'm watching yeah. what my kids are doing. It's like, man, they're they're really getting robbed of an education currently. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? They they really are I, 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 on all levels. My yeah. daughter goes to my daughter my daughter goes to a very um uh it's it's um how do you describe it, Paul? It's a school of the arts, but it's a very it's a hard school to get into, right? It's supposed you know
1: yeah
0: kids from the whole county audition to get into school, mm-hmm. and I'm so not impressed with what they even have her doing. I mean, it's like, yeah. I'm constantly... I mean, I know they get out in the morning, like, at 8 o'clock, and, like, 9.30, I'm like, are, are you done with school? Like, yeah. Exactly. I did yeah. my Get the hell out of here! So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, unfortunately...
4: I mean, we should have... We should have it. You know, Orange County are the most advanced virtual schools in the whole state. And we do have hurricanes, so our kids should be prepared, but, they're, unfortunately, they're not.
0: They're yeah. not. And, and you know? I've I, I hope. I hope they've spent these last two months and all this whole summer and really figuring out how to do a curriculum should the event that they don't go back to classrooms in the fall, because otherwise it's really just going to be tragic.
2: Right. You know, my, my son was saying that there's some like what I'd say, hands on type of laboratory classes and things like that. Those things haven't been really figured out yet with some of the universities You know, if you're in a chemistry lab or something like that, it's very hands on and stuff. So those types of classes, I think, are being like pretty much rescheduled right now are just going to have to be offered at a later time, Hmm. um, which is unfortunate.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a new world. And yeah, we most most schools are not prepared for it. I didn't know that about Atlanta. I mean, up in New York, it's it's a mess.
0: What I don't understand is there's a lot of people here in Florida. I mean, I, I actually know a lot of people who homeschool their kids. So there's a homeschooling system in place already, right? Why has it been so hard to implement the curriculum? I don't want to be
1: I don't want to be disparaging to homeschooling, but and, and no offense to anybody here that was homeschooled, but yeah. let's be honest how, huh? how how many times have you met a homeschool schooled person that was normal?
4: Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm
1: My youngest
2: son was homeschooled. No <laughs> yeah. hold on, Listen, Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Well, Paul likes being ignorant. I know so you didn't mean you know, that, but... Yeah. So let me tell you something. Did you ever go to the uh, smoke-in in Palm Beach Gardens? Yeah, I've been there once. Right, right next to Vic and Angelo? Yeah,
1: I, I've been to Vic and okay. Angelo many times.
0: The guy who runs that place, his name is Bart. Go talk to him. They homeschooled all their kids from youth through high school, whatever. Yeah. And hold on. All of them played outdoor sports. He was big into Little League. They, You know, you when you homeschool, you're allowed to play for the sports for your high school in the county yeah. area. Yeah. They all interacted with the kids. They all went to the, the proms. They all went to... It just depends how... It's, look, Paul, it's like anything else in life. It just depends how you do it. If you're gonna half-ass it, If you're going to half-ass it as a parent, you're going to have kids who have some social issues and aren't developed. If you take it seriously as a parent and want to homeschool your kids... Listen, I'm just going to say this. right? I know if I homeschooled my kids or if Tanya homeschooled her kids, the kids would probably be 10 times better off you know, than going into school, right? Because there's a lot of crap they get through school, right? But, you know, obviously we don't have that time to commit. That's why I would never even engage it because I I wouldn't half-ass it. If I was going to homeschool my kids, man, that would be, like, a serious thing.
4: Well, homeschooling is not what it used to be, okay? So it's not like, you know, someone at home anymore with, you know... Now homeschooling It's like groups, and you have, like, one mother who homeschools maybe... 15 kids. So she's like the primarily teacher. So it's not like just the parents and the child. Okay. And then virtual school. So we tried virtual school with my boys because we like to travel during the summer, like two years ago. I said, let's try this summer virtual school because I could get into that. I could travel my kids all the time and not worry about going to school. Mm -hmm. And so we did try it. And so the way it works is the virtual school is they have a teacher who they can talk to all day long. They have to, you know, get on the computer at a certain time. Now, if my sons want to do, like, sports, they go to the local school and they join in sports there, you know, and they can go for socialising on a Friday and some some stuff like that. So it's not like it used to be. It's not like, you know, some weirdo with their kids at home. Mm -hmm. And so it's a whole different thing. So, yeah, Yeah. I can say that it would be okay to get your kids homeschooled now because it's totally different. I mean, back in the day, you know, 20 years ago, it was kind of more like a cult, Right, right. Yeah. But now right. It's, it's totally different. And, you know, and these kids are never off their Xboxes. So a lot of them can't socialize anyway. True. You know, I've got my young son. You know, you take him out and he can hardly say hello to someone. But once he's on that Xbox, he's like jibber-jabber, jibber-jabber, right. you know. <laughs> so kids are totally different now. they have all born with, like, they all look like he does with a headset on, you know.
1: <laughs> and it,
4: so it's a whole different generation. So homeschooling now is nothing like it used to be. It's a lot better.
0: You know? Yeah, yeah, Todd is 100%, 100% right. Yeah, no, absolutely. But what I don't I understand is these curriculums already existed. Virtual school already existed. Why have they taken so long to reach they out to? to yeah. yeah, to implement anything of any substance. I'm telling you, my kids go to two different schools between all of them. There's no substance. I've seen no substance in the current right. curriculums. So, you're not the this only parent either. No, <laughs> it's, it's a joke. No. Ask Adam.
3: Yeah. This, it, it Exactly. This look into the education system brought to you by the letter M.
1: <laughs> Adam, were you homeschooled?
0: No. God oh, no. There
1: you were. <laughs> no. His were. Par-
0: his parents wanted him out of that house as soon as possible.
1: Hell yeah. Hell uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> well that's the other thing.
1: Like I the my kids' social interaction is me and my wife. That can't be good for them. You know, like I... <laughs>
0: Yeah. No, when when things get better though, you'll bring them around, you know. Yeah, My kids, yeah. my kids will rough them up for you. Don't worry. There you go. <laughs> All
3: right. So, uh, Coop, anything else going on in the news this week?
2: Um, it was it was a light week. The other thing is that Crown Heads has announced their um Mule Kick 2020 cigar. Um, uh, it's once again gonna come out of the uh, Ernesto, Carrillo, Ernesto perez Ernesto Career Junior's factory. Um, this year it's going to be a Nicaraguan Puro and it's going to feature a rapper very similar to the rapper found on the, uh, EP Carrillo Encore, which won cigar the year in 2018, but otherwise a pretty quiet week this week in
0: the, in news. Uh, just so you you know, Paul, Eric Guttermerson homeschooled all his kids.
1: I saw that. I want to hear that from Eric.
0: So, so I guess you think there's something wrong with Jordan. No, Jordan, because well, Jordan, Jordan is actually the, very normal. Jordan is very normal. Of all this year, there's an ages. exception
1: There's an exception to every rule,
0: but Tanya's right.
1: With like 20 years ago, when I was a kid, I'm 37. I'll be 37 yeah. on, on Tuesday of this
4: week. Man, you've had the hard life. I'm No, you're
0: bow. not. It's okay. Bow. But, but, she was but back I was expecting some jabs a little earlier in the segment. <laughs> yeah. But but 20 years ago th- those kids were weird.
1: So and and I and they didn't have what Tanya's talking about where is that virtual that virtual setting and the kids yeah. that I knew when I was growing up in New York in in homeschool they didn't they didn't participate in sports. They weren't a part of the 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 community. Like it was they were sheltered. It was like they they kept them in a very, hole in
4: the Yep.
2: So, yeah, it, it, it's different, Paul, and you're right, and you're right. That's how it was because I yeah. grew up in New York So, so
1: that's what I'm referring to. No, was Coop's not homeschooled. He homeschooled. My, my, the... home my youngest son
2: was homeschooled. Oh, okay. My youngest son was homeschooled, but it was for it was for a medical reason why he had to have that. But um, we eventually, I I was so impressed with the program, and my wife was. We, he just ended up graduating high school as a homeschooled, and he's a freshman in college right now. So very good. Yeah,
1: is he going uh, I, crazy like socially at at school now? Like, is he wild partying and?
2: No, no, he's not like that
1: at all. Not okay. like that. At Pretty. I wasn't okay, sure if he yeah. just broke out when he got into college, and he was like, "Oh my god, look at this! This is awesome."
2: <laughs> yeah, nah. nah he like the one maybe who partied the most was my oldest son. I'd say, um, and, and he went this full sail down in Orlando. Oh
4: wow! So, yeah, Locked he graduated. Yep, that's a good
2: school. Yeah, he really, uh, he really is. Yeah, I was very impressed with that school. Well,
0: before before we end the show, I, I'd like to share my favorite, one of my all time favorite Tanya stories, if possible. Mm-hmm. I, I I actually bring this story up alone when 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 I try to because look, I, I love Tanya because she has my wit and humor, right? She's a jabber, like we like to jab, right? So, <laughs> yes, we do. If I could share this story, I don't know if you remember it or not, but do you remember? Does it
4: Does it involve nudity?
0: No. Not <laughs> <Okay>. that, not, <laughs> <laughs> she, she's, she's getting nervous. Not, not that story. No, not that story. Um, uh, do you remember we were having a uh, dinner? I think it was before we had kids. It was, I think, the four of us, me, Brandy, uh, you, and Jeff. And we were at a restaurant near um, your Sand Lake store, and the, the waiter was commenting on your wedding ring. Right, I can't remember, a, but go
4: ahead.
0: It's funny. So so this waiter is is obviously, you know, just... You know, coming to take her. maybe he's getting, he's engaging in this full-length conversation with tanya you know tanya's trying to be polite and <gasps> and 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 you know you know talk with her friends but he's infatuated with her wedding ring and he keeps commenting on it and he then says um that he's engaged and he's shopping for rings and stuff like that and then he asked her somewhat of a like, semi-personal question about the ring i don't know if he said you know well, how much is it or where'd you get it or whatever and Tanya just deadpan looks at the guy and goes, well, do you work here or do you own the place? <laughs> and, dude, I almost fell out of my chair in the restaurant. I was, like, just so brilliant at the time. I well, love I that. I said show. that to
4: him because he was, I remember now it's across the road here. Yeah. And we couldn't, we were trying to converse, and he just kept buttoning. Yeah. in. First of all, he was like, I like your ring. And I was like, oh, well, thanks very much. And then he starts going on this whole tangent about, you know, and I was like, you know, just let us eat or take an order, you know? And then it, that's when he said to me, well, where did you buy it? And I thought, that's weird. It
0: you is know, weird. It's so
4: anyway, things like that happen all the time.
0: And yeah. I love the fact that you just came out so fast with that, dude. Was, I couldn't stop laughing. I think I spit my water up at the time or whatever. It was <laughs> yeah, I'm, so sure it, I'm
4: sure he put something in my food before he delivered it. But that's okay. <laughs> you know, I've learned now to keep the comments until after I've been fed. Right? You
0: know? I tell it to my yeah. wife all the time. I tell that to my wife all the time. I said, never getting tips before the food comes. Right, right. I that, tell her that, that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait till my God. After the food comes. Speaking of food, any new junk food or crap food you've been eating, Coop? <laughs> because, oh, yeah. Because actually,
2: because Abe. You know, we,
0: all, we all know you don't know jerky that well, but go oh, ahead. Oh, yeah. Abe's, Abe's that guy again. Oh,
2: oh. again. Abe's that guy again. You know, he just like people in the cigar industry they lose, you know. He's got a you know. such a sore why loser. He to
0: be That guy with with making an honest statement, dude.
2: <laughs> you know Abe eh, Well, actually, I do do actually. That's uh, not to change go back to your original question. Yeah, um I'm on this Vietnamese coffee kick right now, which is I saw that this, holy cow uh, so it's it's a very strong coffee and it you use condensed milk in it, which is like loaded sweet. with sugar, is what I'll say. Oh,
0: sweet, yeah. That's ve- your 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 blood uh, sugar content. Yeah, I yeah,
2: know exactly. <laughs> I know exactly. But I mean the, the uh but it's interesting cuz you use this little uh you use this little um they call it a fin, and it's a, it's a drip device you put on top of your coffee cup, and you pour the hot water in, and then it drips it into your coffee cup. It is a – Vietnamese coffee, I'll say, is a very – people talk about Cuban coffee being strong. Vietnamese coffee is pretty strong in its own right as well.
1: Well, because they over-roast uh, the beans. So when you posted that the other day, I was like, I've never heard of I've never heard of Vietnamese coffee before as being a thing. Oh, yeah. I did some research. It's yeah, they, they purposely over-roast the beans in Vietnamese coffee. Because you're because you're putting it in condensed milk, I guess. I I don't know. Yeah, you you don't. I would
2: say you don't want to put Vietnamese coffee in a in a traditional coffee device. Uh, it just isn't. It's you not gonna. It, go up. Yeah, yeah, and it's also yeah, but it but it is it is got some it is got some caffeine in there, is what I'll tell you. Because I was bouncing up the walls a couple times this week with it.
1: That can't be good for your heart.
2: No, uh, but that's why, yeah, I can't, uh, yeah, you don't want to have that. Like, I I was definitely feeling an acceleration of my heart rate. I, I
0: really I, highly I, doubt that any of Coop's um, consumption choices are driven <laughs> by what's good for his heart. <laughs> no, I'm I just, just trying to put it out there. No, that's very I true. That, I don't think that's like a big factor in his thought process. I,
2: when, I, you know, Abe, when I got my blood infection, Right. I was I eating healthy that. and everything. And I like well, why? At this point, I changed my whole attitude after that, because, you know, I still got sick. So, I mean, I'm, at this point, I'm like, I want to enjoy what I'm going to eat right now Good for you. Yeah. And,
3: and, and your wife checks up on making sure the uh, life insurance policies paid up every week.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, look, I'll say that she's been the one, absolutely.
3: <laughs> she's
2: uh, if there's a you know she's the one basically grounding me here, so to speak, in terms of I'd be off the wall if it wasn't for her.
1: Adam, she'll absolutely. be just fine. She'll have that 16 bedroom house to to hang out in. <laughs> <laughs> and all the books in the library she reads. <laughs> yeah. Those are those
2: are mostly her books, uh, except for a few exceptions. Uh, mostly those are her books. She's an avid reader.
3: Not yep. to mention the uh, Encyclopedia Britannica's that are back there
2: that uh, <laughs> right.
3: are probably an heirloom at this point, and she can sell off for a best profit, as an antique.
2: You know, actually, those were mine, and I remember when the salesman came to the door when wow. I was growing up. Those actually that's came from stuff. me, yeah. And that's when an encyclopedia salesman would come to your door and sell wow. you that stuff. And you'd have a payment plan and everything. It was like getting encyclopedias was like a big deal, like you know, going back 30 years ago. It was
0: like buying a house.
2: Yeah, it was like, yeah, they weren't cheap to get those things.
0: So as we're coming toward the end of the show, I want to strike up a couple of questions to Tanya before we leave. So uh-huh. Tanya, what's your most frequently smoked cigar that you enjoy daily?
4: Well, generally it's a Davidoff crew, number two. But I yeah. actually like these ones that were just doing the Tampa Davidoffs. It's a nice mild cigar, so that's what I've changed over to.
0: And what so, is your libation of choice?
4: It would be LaFroy at night, during the tea. Uh, but,
0: regular tea.
4: Regular black tea with milk, British oh, style.
0: Oh, great! And uh, it's so
4: hard to get a good cup of tea in America. You know, they just don't know how to make tea. What nothing worse than a restaurant do go to give for? you like, the, It's usually Lipton. Cause that's as okay. nearest to what I can get to Tetley. But there's nothing worse than a restaurant and you ask for a cup of tea, they give you like a cup of hot water. In a, in a tea bag. Yeah. And then you're having to beg for some milk, or else they'll put cream in it. And it's it's like the, the hardest thing to get over here. Yeah. You know, you so d- here, all of the staff in here know how to make me a cup of tea. Do you and drink then, your right, tea with milk? Yes, I do. So do and I. Then, that's
0: funny. Yeah, so do I. Well, yeah, that's, a traditional, traditional that's a traditional way. That's, that's, yep. oh, it's okay. a traditional
4: way in Scotland. Okay, and that's so here do. they're trained to make me a good cup of tea. And so the, the part that always gets difficult is to say, how strong do you want it? And I say... I want it the same color as me. And so they're all like this, you know. So every that's time great. a new person starts, they get told, make sure it's the same color as her. It can't be too dark. It can't be too light. That's and so awesome. you see them kind of looking at me like this, you know, to make the cup of tea. <laughs> so we do it to the all the time. But that's it. Cup of tea, straight up. And then at night, if I'm drinking whiskey, it's generally Lafroy or something along the same lines. It's got a lot of peat in it. It's mm-hmm.
0: so like a peaty scotch. Good. Awesome. I do. Awesome. Well, hopefully we talked about it. Hopefully we'll get up to Orlando soon. Want to come mm-hmm. check out some stuff. But uh, I really appreciate you really taking the time from your family and your business and your husband and then uh, coming on the show. And I do apologize. It took us this long. I mean, I think we I think we came up for it. We, we were texting back and forth about something. And she joked about something about KMA. I said, yeah. Why haven't you ever been on this show? And I think that's how it started. I just, you know.
4: I I, I don't know how Paul's doing it. I'm actually thinking that when I look back at this, there's probably going to be subtitles kind of going along the bottom of the screen (laughs) so that people know what I'm saying. I did have H on standby in case I had to interpret. And I have someone else here who's interpreting for the deaf. But you just can't see them. So. Well, I,
0: I, I I do have to admit one of the things I kind of been watching about is you know when you when you mute your phone because I I watch the phone so I could see what the customers are are watching. It, it closed captions. I don't know if I could show it or not. But it What's closed, cap- that? Yes, yeah, it closed yeah, captions. Yes, That's a new Facebook it, feature. It it's picking you up pretty good.
4: There you go.
0: It, it, it's, actually you. Really, it's actually catching really, really slowly. It's it's picking you up very, very good. Because I said I, I I was wondering how that was going to handle it. it. It picked you up very good. But honestly, Tanya, thank good. you, thank you so much. I hope you had a great, great birthday. Um, please
3: yeah, say
0: thank hi you. to Jeff and the boys from all of us. And uh, I really appreciate you being on. It was awesome. All right, well, thank you very
4: much, guys. I loved being on, and I hope to do it again sometime.
0: Absolutely. We got anybody next week? Paul, are you we're, doing your job? You and I have nah. to talk after the show
1: because we uh, have a tentative uh, guest that we're uh. waiting on confirmation on. <laughs>
0: okay. Where can I get some staff, quality staff like you're <laughs> really?
1: Yeah, Tony. if
3: you got any recommendations for a producer, we'll take them. <laughs> uh, um, do you have anybody in mind? You know, you can
0: throw some recommendations out there. It'd be look, great. Look some well, he has to teach his new look look children. So just keep one. I would have stayed very quiet on that one, Adam. <laughs>
4: <laughs> what is Adam's job? what is it Adam does?
0: We ask ourselves every day. Connie, We're not really sure. I I call him the Swiss Army knife, right? It's one of those things that you you never really know you have until you kind of really need it for something, and then he's just the right job, the right tool
4: for that job. He's definitely not eye candy. <laughs> oh.
0: Oh. Oh. oh, on that note, what did, well did I do for that?
4: Well done.
3: I did not
0: deserve
3: that. Wow. Come on. Wow.
4: Okay. Oh, you know, his bangs? Has, I, I guess he, he cut his own hair during this whole thing. I'm looking and I'm thinking, what in I think he must have cut his hair because he could not get to the barbers. That's cut. It's is
0: cut. that the way it always is? His bangs are keep getting worked out from the, the virtual background, so they keep growing and shortening as he I don't
3: put any gel in on the weekends.
0: I'm sorry. Oh,
3: yeah. I'll, do that. I'll do that next week. Fine. Just to try and look pretty for all of the guests and
0: hopefully Tony. I, I, I appreciate that. that. i appreciate <laughs> I <hope> that. <all> <laughs> I hope all our fans and followers and listeners have a great weekend. Enjoy your Memorial Day. You know, everybody take a moment on Monday. Light up your thanks for all those wonderful, amazing people who actually served our country. And, uh, you know, provide Stay safe. Them. Yep. Be safe. Appreciate it.
3: Absolutely, Tanya. Thank you, Coop. We will Thanks. talk to you next week. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, to bye bye. Till everybody out there in radio land once again, and as always, keep it lit.